What's up? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. If you are tuning in for the first time, my name is CJ, and I want to personally thank you for giving this show some of your attention. If you're a return listener, you are literally keeping my dream alive, and I am forever grateful for you. Today's guest is Chelsea Mansfield, aka Chick Bro Chelsea. Tune into the episode to find out the meaning behind the Chick Bro part. Chelsea is a good friend of both my wife and I here in Austin, Texas, and she's the ultimate hype girl of this entire city. If you are ever feeling down or looking to gain a positive vibe in your life, she needs to be your go-to girl. While she loves to serve her team and customers during a day job, Chelsea spends a lot of her free time finding ways to support and host community events, provide new opportunities for other people, and inspire young women to live happier and healthier lives. I'm excited for you to listen to this conversation because I know Chelsea's good vibes will rub off on you and ultimately make your day better. So without further ado, let's have a chick bro combo with Chelsea Mansfield. What is up, Thrive Fam? CJ Finley here again with another Thrive on Life podcast episode. And I am extremely excited for this episode today with one of my best friends here in Austin, Texas. Chick bro, Chelsea, <laughs> how are you doing today? I'm so good, CJ. How are you? Oh man, it's Thrive Thursday. It's Thrive Thursday. And literally the hype girl of ATX is in <laughs> the Thrive Castle right now. For those of you who don't know, literally if you're looking to just feel better about your day, surround yourself <laughs> with people like Chelsea. But before we get into everything else that we're going to talk about in this episode, I mean, I've asked you this before and I kind of forget the story, but I want other people... <laughs> To hear it, what in the hell is a chick bro? Is it a chick? Like, has anything to do with chickpeas or like? No. <laughs> that's what it makes me think of. So great. People ask me that question all the time. But first of all, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to do this. I know I'm going to love it. And yeah, I'm just so happy to be here. And like, I could say the same about you. You are totally the hype king of ATX. And I know that we would have been friends in high school if we if we were to be in the same place. So I don't know if we'd be here today if that happened, though. Yeah, about <laughs> But we're here now and it's even better. So yeah, I know I'm super grateful to be here. Um, So yeah, a chick bro. So actually this stems from me post-college. So I was always the girl that was athletic and whatever, just super involved in sports. I actually originally wanted to work in the sports industry, but um, I quickly learned that you don't make a lot of money doing that. So I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. Um, Anyways, it's always been kind of my passion. I've always wanted to be involved. Um... I used to work in events and whatnot, and so I've just always loved community. Like, it's been my jam, and sports saved me back in the day, so I just, it was my whole life. It was my passion. I wanted to be involved forever and always, and so people just knew me back home as, like, that sporty girl, and it was just after I had graduated college. I lived with a girl named Taylor, and there was one day we were, I was talking fantasy football with her fiance and he was like, God, you're just like such a bro. Like, why do you know all this? Like, why are you into this? No girls are into this. And I was like, I don't know. I just like love sports. Like it's just my vibe, you know? And he, and uh, Taylor goes, 
you're such a bro. You're like, you're like a chick bro. And I was like, <laughs> chick bro? That's amazing. I've never, I've never heard that in my life. And so from then on, it just kind of got like adopted. And all my guy friends back home used to just call me chick bro. But I will say like no one like engaged with me as chick bro Chelsea until I moved to Austin. Like I walk like I walked into Squatch the other day and like Will and Grant and all them were like chick bro like screaming at me. And I was like, they don't know this, but like this is like my dream to have chick bro like shouted across the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's so much to like I, I can take this in a lot of different ways. Oh, yeah. Um, but I want to know a little bit more about your background in sports. What sports yeah. did you play? Yeah, so I played a little bit of everything, but my main two were tennis and volleyball. Okay. Um, and so I had to quit tennis, unfortunately, because it was the same season as volleyball in high school, at my high school, which was devastating because I just, I wanted to play both. But overall, I was like, well, what am I going to have more fun doing? It's going to be volleyball. I'm going to be with the team. I'm going to learn a lot more. And at the time, me being with my own self, my own mental self, playing tennis by myself, I wasn't ready for that. Like it wasn't mature enough and I didn't have a handle on my attitude yet. And so I kind of needed like that team atmosphere to actually hone in on like learning something from these other people and calming down a little bit. So yeah, I can, I can understand that. It's, it's interesting because I was like a four sport athlete. And when I think back, all the sports that I always played were team sports. Yeah. And the only, actually the only individual sports I did was like action sports, like skateboarding or snowboarding, but we still did that with our friends. Like, right all around the neighborhood. So it's just something that I think it takes a special type of person to really dive into individualized sports, golf, tennis, oh, whatever Like the else discipline you have to have. Yeah. Like I just, I didn't have that back then. Like, I, I mean, you know, we're both pretty hyper people. Like I was definitely like naturally hyper as a kid. I didn't drink coffee or anything. And so me being in my own head, like I was in my own head all the time. So why did I want to be there more? I wasn't ready. You know, now I'm more ready. I'm trying to get back. Yeah, let's into it. let's dive into that. Like, so what what do you think got you into sports in the first place? Because for me, it was just the only thing that my mom could get me to do that would burn some of that energy. So like, I was literally from five a.m. six a.m. waking her up, and what she had to do with me is, okay, what am I going to do with this kid? All right, put a baseball on top of a of a tee and like let them hit it, and like yep. that's what it started as, and then. I think for them, it was really, if you get somebody involved with the team, it was like they could uh, take a little bit of a break from me. Yep. <laughs> They're I like, think please go. Yeah. Like, please take it for a moment. <laughs> I'm definitely going to be that mom for sure. Slash, I'm going to be playing sports with my kids for sure. But um, so yeah, what originally got me into it, actually, this is like an ode to like, this is part of where Chick Bro stems from is my mom's brother, uh, my uncle Larry, he, he was like, so I grew up in, with just single mom. Uh, my parents were never married. My dad really wasn't involved. And my uncle Larry was kind of like my babysitter when my mom was at work. And he didn't do a whole lot. Um, he has a lot of immune system problems. And so he was kind of just like, he would chill and do his own thing. And he was on disability and whatever. So he was like the perfect babysitter. He actually taught me a couple things. He taught me poker. He taught me math. And he would take me to play any sort of sport, anything outside. We would go on hikes. We'd go to the beach. That's how I like got into surfing. And then he would take me to, this was when I was really little, he would take me to the park to play t-ball. Same thing. And from there, it just kind of stemmed. Like he taught me how to swim. He taught me everything. And he didn't have a lot of money. So it was like, what can we do? Let's go outside. Yeah. Yeah. And we live in this beautiful place. Like for those who don't know, like I'm from the central coast of California. 
I mean, there isn't anything except for nature there. Like, that's what you do is you go and be active with your friends, your family. Like, people don't have a lot of money there. You know, like, that's what you do. And so I, I just grew up, like, playing everything. I get started with t-ball. It went into tennis because my whole mom's side of the family played tennis. I think that's also a part of the reason why I got away from it a little bit was because I was forced into tennis a little bit. And so it was me being like, no, don't force me. Like, let me choose, you know. Rebel inside you. Classic, yeah. And then it really stemmed from there into, like, soccer and basketball. I mean, I would do anything. Like, it was just where I wanted to be. And it, I think it was just, it was recognized pretty quickly from like my mom as well. And, and she would just like, she would just go and take me places to do these activities because she knew that I loved it. And I think that's, that's how she grew up too. So it was just kind of stemmed in my family. Like that's how it was supposed to be. Hell yeah. 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 It's, it's an interesting thing because I grew up kind of like the same way, like very suburban yeah. middle class and sports were just the thing to burn some energy, but also like it was the thing to do. And right. the cool thing for parents, like when I think back is just like all my mom's friends were all like the soccer moms or the baseball moms or the hockey moms. And um, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to those days, like yes. in my future. Um, Me too. And, and one of the things like, are you going to be, are you going to coach at all? I was literally just talking to coach Corey fit in here yesterday. Shout out Corey. Um, and we we're talking about <laughs> maybe like, cause all of us go to Squatch and I was like, what if we had like a Squatch, like adults coach kids in basketball, like pick a sport and we all like go after it. And then like he was, he was talking about how when he was in high school, all some of his friends, they all went and coached elementary school kids and oh they, they treated it as like fantasy football. Yeah. yeah. He was like, we treated it like that. We all like picked our roster and then we're like playing against each other. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, do you think you're going to coach one day? Yeah, so I actually already have coached. Um, when I was, I think it was like my third year of college, um, one of my really good guy friends, he was the football coach at our high school because I went to college in the same town that I grew up in. Um, and he was like, hey, I'm quitting football and I'm going to build out the boys volleyball program. Can you help me? You're one of my only friends who knows about volleyball. And I was like, yeah, I can help you. Like, I was so excited because I couldn't play volleyball in college because I didn't have time and resources. That's a whole other story we can go down. That's like another thread we can pull. But yeah. And so he was like, do you want to help? And I was like, heck yes, super down. So I was like his assistant varsity coach essentially for the boys team. And it was so much fun. Like I will never forget it and would be happy to go back to coaching. However, like fully just living into my authentic self, I'm going to be the best team mom. Like I'm going to be there <laughs> with orange slices. Like you can ask Joe Lindley, like even like with the whole marathon thing. We yeah. Just you're more about from. the holistic experience. Like how do I, I'm like the I supporter. This, like I'm the cheer squad. Like everyone was like, are you a cheerleader? When I was a coach for the volleyball team. And I was like, I'm not a, I'm not a cheerleader. Like I'm just really loud and like really excited to be here. Um, and so that, that's just, that's my more natural role. Where but, do, So where does that stem from? Because it is something that I've noticed and yeah. it's something, especially in the business world that has come more to light to me where you notice, I honestly notice good and bad leaders more in business than I did from sports. Cause right. in sports, it can kind of get blended with if you have not that great of a leader, but your team's good, it doesn't really matter. But in business, like usually the business is predicated, the growth and the ability to scale and stuff the leader plays a big role in that mm -hmm. and then the culture and the vibe. So I've noticed a lot of different companies where the leadership is 
not the the cheerleader. Right. And it was really surprising to me because it's like, okay, if if you're the leader of this business, don't you want to be cheering on everybody that's working on at your company? Like that's the way to get people to be motivated and inspired to make shit happen yeah. in my eyes. But usually it doesn't work that way. So for you, like obviously you had a lot of energy in your hyper, but where do you think that like wanting to see other people win and other people thrive, as I say, where did that come from? Yeah, that's a hard question. Um, I feel like I've just always kind of naturally been like that. But I mean, part of my story going back to like, I grew up with a single mom, right? Um, I was also an only child. And like, I think that mixture for me, like I just, I wanted to have a sibling so bad. So like, I would literally just like make friends with everybody. I would be the kid at school that didn't have like one group of friends. I would every day go to a different group of friends. Like one day I'd be playing soccer with some people. The other day I'd be playing handball. Like I didn't want to like identify with only knowing a couple people. Like that just wasn't for me. And so I've just always been this like social, like happy butterfly. And I don't know what it is, but like it makes me happy to see other people be happy as well. And I think the mindset, the only way I can describe it is something I learned from when I worked at Lululemon, which another thread. But um, our culture was built on there's enough room for everybody. There's there's enough room for everybody. And you like competition doesn't need to be this thing of like surrounding an ego. It actually works out better to your point when everyone's lifting each other up because there is space for everyone here. And the more we collaborate, the better it's going to be. So that's why Lululemon's business is like really focused on community and bringing everyone up rather than like we're the biggest conglomerate in the stretchy pants uh, industry and we're going to like mess everybody up. So it could go back to ego. And I mean, of course I have an ego, but I don't totally know. I mean, that's a question I could really like dig into myself. And if yeah, you it have is thoughts, interesting how like, you brought up your single child, because I think that in itself, you have a reduced, a little bit of a, of a reduced ego right? because you, you do have to make friends. Yeah. Like, so if you get good at making friends when you're younger, you, we innately, and I guess, and this is where the ego does come in is like, you don't want to lose those friends. Like right. if you don't have that sibling or that family, uh, that bigger family to rely on, it's just like, well, I want to in, enjoy the time I have with my friends. Yep. So that might be, that's also, it reminds me of myself. Like I jumped around a lot too. Yeah. Um, another reason I played a lot of sports is mm -hmm. I just had a lot of friends in a lot of different areas. And like, even today, like coast to coast, overseas like I still have friends and I talk to all of them and stuff like that but I think it came down to what you touched on in the beginning is just community mm -hmm. and I always liked just learning and mm -hmm. I just like love life That's and like I want just about to, to learn say. and like the fastest way to learn things is just to befriend people yep like because well, you have a growth mindset so I'm reading yeah. a book about mindset right now it's uh basically analyzing the fixed mindset versus the growth mindset and again, it all comes down to ego. Like it all comes down to ego. And like there's people who would be stuck in this little box and they're fine with that. But then there's people over here that are growth minded, constantly trying to get better and constantly just like chipping away at that ego. And I think it just all plays a huge part of it too. It's exactly what you said. You just want to keep learning and keep being better. And there's something about that that I think in the human mind, like I don't, it just, it creates happiness. It could almost be like a happiness advantage too to where you're just so happy and like I guess that is like so if we're if we're diving into like chasing happiness it was 
that was another reason. I look at it as like, let's go back to poker. So like you're, yeah. hedging, you're hedging your bets. Like when, you, when, when you're playing poker or playing other gambling type of sports, like you want to hedge your bets in certain ways. And for me, I would hedge my bets by befriending a ton of different people because as soon as like one group stagnated, I just went to another group. Right. And then I would go to another group. <laughs> and then like even here in Austin, if you watch kind of how I operate, it's just like I don't hang out with just one group of people like yeah. ever. Like I'm just on my, my mission and like what I want to do. And then – whoever is polarized and attracted to that kind of Jump comes and goes and vibes with it. And then maybe they vibe with it for a year and then they're off on their own. And then yep. it, it's just one kind of like train in that direction. But I don't want to just talk about all the the good and the, right. the happiness factor because right. it does create kind of chaos a little bit. And mm -hmm. like, I know we've talked about this a little bit prior to this episode of just like organized chaos and, I want to know a little bit from you where there's always a double-edged sword. So you're the social butterfly growing up and you love sports and you love being the cheerleader. What is the downside of that? Because I think a lot of people out there, if you're an extrovert and you're listening to this, mm. you could potentially connect with the downside and figuring out how do you, how do you balance that? Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is a huge lesson I had to learn when moving to Austin. I mean, and you could probably identify with this, but I come from a super small town of 10,000 people. Like it was easy to know everyone and pick your friends and focus on them. Moving to Austin was like, okay, I'm a little fish in a big pond now. Let's see what happens. Am I going to like thrive? We'll, we'll find out. Um, I made way too many friends way too fast. It was, and this is a good, good problem to have. Yeah. You know, like most people would be like, oh my God, poor you. Like <laughs> you made too many friends too fast. Like, wow, so sad for you. But it literally got to a point where I was overwhelmed and I was stretched too thin and I didn't know what my priorities were because I was just trying to get to know everybody and being social. And I thought by being social, I was going to get what I wanted out of life. And that's just not the case. Like I had no direction. And so I, I think for me, I had to really take a step back and be like, who are the people I really want to surround myself with? Like, just like what you said, like who's along this road with me? Who's going to lift me up? Who's giving me the same amount of energy back that I'm giving them? Because that's a whole other thing I could hit on where like I do have a lot of energy. People latch onto me for that energy. And I can tell when like you're here to suck my energy and you're not giving anything back to me. And I can tell when you're vibing with me and I'm happy to give you my energy because you're giving it right back. And so I was constantly just being depleted and depleted and depleted and being that yes girl. And it just had to stop. And I didn't learn that until, so I've been in Austin just over three years. I learned that probably about like a year and a half in, like it took a long time for me to be like, whoa, like this is way too overwhelming. <laughs> like there's too many cool people here. That's another good problem to have. But like, it's also like when you put a lot of, I look at Austin as like kind of like a case study Yeah. because a lot of people moved here, have the same type of energy that we do. Mm -hmm. And but that doesn't mean that they're on the same wavelength. And let me dive into this a little bit because there's a lot of high energy people here, but they're not all on the same path or the same mission of life. And I'm a big believer that you definitely want to be around people that are, are sharpening you and mm -hmm. are one step ahead of you in certain ways. And that's where I would get myself into trouble where it was just like these people were ahead of me in ways that like I didn't care about. Right but I was feeding off their energy and I thought it was like, Oh, this is a good person. I can hang out with them and stuff like that. But then like a couple months go by and I'm just started thinking to myself, like they're going in a direction that I don't even care about. So like, why am I here? So that was something I think 
to be honest, it's great that you learned that in your 20s because I think a lot of freaking people don't learn that until they're like 30, 40, 50, like, and then it's almost too late, too late. to adapt and adjust mm -hmm. versus for us, it's, if you figure it out in your 20s, when you get into your 30s, it's like, okay, this is my core values, this is my mission, and like, yep. these are the people I want to hang around most because of that. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's a very interesting thing because I think we're like a 1% of the 1%. Not many people want to know as many people as we do. <laughs> yeah. I want to know. Every, everyone's yeah. so interesting. So it's, and that's why I have a podcast because I get to have conversations with, I'm, I'm going to do this for the next 50 years. So that's why like, I said I'm going to like it way too much. <laughs> yeah. Like how many conversations am I going to have over the next 50 years? So my mind is going in a million different ways, but I kind of want to dig into what actually brought you to Austin in the first place. Yeah. That's another great question. So, um, this is actually coming from about the same time when I first actually tried to start Chick Bro stuff. Um, but so I had just graduated college. It was like 2015. Um, I felt lost because I knew in my heart, in my gut that like I didn't necessarily want to be just recruited into the corporate world like all of my friends. Like I went to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. All the tech companies from SF would recruit there and just swallow up people and, and you just you lose your soul to that place. Like it's, that wasn't for me. That's not where I wanted to be. So I was like, I'm going to try to find a job in San Luis Obispo and see if I can stay here and work for a smaller company. I've always worked for like a mom and pop shop. I like to have my hands on a lot of different things. I can create value in a lot of different ways. So I was like, that's going to be for me. So I ended up finding a job at a marketing agency that actually had sports clients. So it was great. My, my major was marketing or whatever. So that worked out well. Great first experience for a first job. My, the CEO of the company was a badass woman. Like she was so cool. We'd go on wine tasting trips. It was great, right? But I quickly realized, like once I got into this nine to five world, like all of a sudden I just was bored. And like, yeah, I was bored. And I was like, man, I like miss. Like I grew up working in a restaurant. Like that was so fun, right? Or like I grew up working in sports. That was so fun. And so all of a sudden I'm like, okay, well, what's next? And also like staying in my hometown at that age, like everyone had gone to San Francisco or LA or something. I didn't want to do that, but I was like, oh, there's no one new for me to meet here. Like my cups weren't being filled. I was seeing the same old people and it just wasn't enough. And I had this like gut feeling that I was supposed to be somewhere else. And so I went on like, I started this little mission of, of my own where I was like, all right, I'm going to travel around to a couple different cities, San Diego, Denver, Austin, kind of like all those, see, see what it's about, see the vibe, see if it has things that I'm interested in, like good food, music, weather, all the things, right? Um, is it affordable? Is there good opportunities What and whatnot? So I spent a couple months just traveling around, seeing what was up. Of course, one of the places I come is Austin, Texas. And when I got here, like I literally just felt home, like I get like goosebumps just thinking about it because everyone was so nice. The food was great. Like I don't have, I didn't have anything bad to say about this place and it had everything I wanted. So I was like, this is the spot and I know it. And so went back home, I started saving and I was like, all right, it's time to follow this gut. Like I had a little piece of paper. I sat down with my cousin actually who lived in LA who also wanted to get out of LA. Uh, I think it was 2016 maybe, New Year's, we were together. And um, she's like, write down a goal on this paper. 
and think about it all year long. And I'm going to do the same thing. And we're going to get these goals together this year. And I was like, okay. And so I knew I, I wanted one thing. And I was like, I'm going to get out of San Luis Obispo County by whatever, January 1st, 2017. So I wrote down on a piece of paper, I will be living outside of San Luis Obispo County by January 1st, 2017. And I moved to Austin, October, 2016. And nothing ever felt more right. Like I felt at peace here. Like I just knew that like this was going to be the spot that I was going to be able to be myself and I was going to find people that like really jived with me. What's up, guys? I'd like to take a second to thank you for tuning into this episode with Chelsea. I hope you're loving this conversation so far. But before we get back into it, I have an opportunity I want to tell you about. As we all know, life is hard. It can beat you down, have you feeling low, and make it seem like you are alone. I'm here to remind you, though, that the most worthwhile journeys, they are not meant to be taken alone. And right now, you have the ability to take action and join others, including myself, on the mission to make every heartbeat count. Head over to cjfinley.com and sign up for my daily newsletter, where I will be giving you information, impactful stories, tips and tricks, and access to a community who are focused on making an impact above and beyond themselves. You'll also have the perk of exclusive giveaways, potential shout outs, and possibly even some collaborations. The least that will happen is you will walk away into every day with an extra pep in your step. My promise is that I will always do my best to help you thrive on life. And this newsletter is one of the best ways for me to help you do so. So if you're looking to get to the next level of your life, connect with like-minded individuals and have a daily dose of info that will help you thrive, sign up for my newsletter at cjfinley.com. Now let's get back to the conversation with Chelsea Mansfield. I don't know when I'll stop saying this because I don't know when it'll stop happening, but every day I'm in Austin, like something happens where I'm reminded of why I'm supposed to be here and like why I'm in the right place. And that just makes me so happy thinking about that because I'm like, there's like nowhere else I'd rather be right now than like surrounded by these people in this community. And it's because like, I truly feel like my authentic self is encouraged here. Right. Like I walk around and people are like, we are so happy you're you. And I don't think I've ever had someone say that to me back home. Like no one appreciated me. No one appreciated my energy. Nobody cared what I was talking about. You know, like Chick Bro started out as me just talking about fitnessy stuff. And none of my friends were doing that. They were like, what's this? You know? And when I came here, it was like, everyone was doing it. And I was like, this is, this is a spot. But it really was less about like a job or whatever. And it was more about A, my gut and B, like what I knew was going to be right for me in the long term of like, okay, like I got to get out of this small town. I can't stay here. Like there's nothing for me here anymore. Like the time has expired. I love how you kind of had a friend, an accomplice in writing down your goals and like holding yourself accountable because- Shout out to my cousin, Brooke Mansfield. Love that girl. (laughs) I think there's a lot of people right now that like are thinking about doing something like that, but they don't necessarily know how to take that initiative. And there's kind of two ways I want to go in this because I know what it's like to leave. And then I get, to be honest, I get hit up a lot by people that are still on the East coast and are seeing what I'm doing. And they're just like, dude, like how, how, why, what, just all. Tell me about it. Yeah. A hundred percent. I just had this happen last week actually. Yeah. Yeah. My friends was like, tell me about Austin. Like, how do you do this? Yeah. And it's just for them having never experienced that, it's kind of cool on my end to see like, 
because you'll forget how much you actually have changed, like how right. much you have like grown. Right. And then you see these people reaching out and you're like, oh shit, like this has been a major milestone in my life mm-hmm. just by living in a different way. Um, but before we kind of go down that path, you said something that piqued my interest because you're still in the corporate world, right. which is one of the reasons I'm happy to have you on here because a lot of people will think that I'm some crusader against the corporate life, <laughs> but that's not by any means what I'm trying to do with my podcast or my brand or anything like that. It's more so I want to inspire people to find their path or true yep. path. So whether it's entrepreneurship or the corporate world, like if you don't like either of them, like if you're an entrepreneur and you don't like that right. and you would rather be more stable or vice versa, like you got to do what's best for you. But you mentioned that you were bored and that is something that I kind of want to dig into. Like what was boring about it to you versus where you're at today? Because you're still in a nine to five technically. Yep. And one of the things that I think, and I'm talking to my wife Erin about this now, is like you're, you got to mold your nine to five to you rather than allowing the nine to five to mold you. 110%. I mean, that's pretty much the key. But yeah, so going back to that, like I was working the nine to five and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to switch it up. And I'm going to see if I am down with something that is not a nine to five. I'm going to see if I can find something else. So when I moved to Austin, the lady who owned the company I previously worked for, I told her and she was like, hundred percent, I see that for you. Full send, like I'm supporting you, like we'll we'll hire you as an independent contractor. So um, I helped them build out the social media part of their uh, marketing agency. And so they kept me on as like an independent consultant helping that team still um, because they didn't have anybody to like all of a sudden take over my my role because it was pretty sudden that I was like literally come to Austin to show a friend. We signed a lease like later that day. Like we were like, okay, we're moving. Hell yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it happens super fast. So that was super nice because then I got an experience of like, okay, she guided me through being an independent contractor and working from home. Super valuable lesson, especially with taxes, <laughs> especially moving from another state. But I, when I got here, I was like, okay, like that only took up maybe 20 hours of my week. So I was like, okay, what, what else can I fill my time with? And I thought about maybe going back into the restaurant world. And I was like, no, that's not for me. So that's how I ended up at Lululemon. Walked in to buy a pair of pants one day and all of a sudden I'm talking to the assistant manager. I didn't know she was the assistant manager. I was literally just like, hi, I need friends that are into fitnessy stuff. And uh, she's like, yeah, let's hang out sometime, la, la, la. And then she hits me up and she's like, hey, do you want to work here? And I was like, not really. Like, I'm, <laughs> I don't want to work in retail. Like, no. And she's like, no, like, seriously, come have a conversation. Like, I think you'll actually really like what Lululemon is about. And I was like, all right, like, let's just see. So I literally walked up to the interview, like, not caring. I was like, I don't even really want to be here, like, Tell Isn't me it up. funny how the world works sometimes? Yeah. And of course, they're like, we want you because you don't want to be here. Yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> it's like so weird sometimes. Yeah. And so I actually, I learned that the company was all about goals, community, my God, like all those things. Right. And um, so I was like, actually, like, this is super tight. Like, okay, I can, I can learn a lot here. I can get involved with the community. I can learn more about the fitness industry. I'll make a lot of friends. Like, let's do it. And so I uh, pretty much just dove on into that. So I was like, in control of my own schedule at that point, right? So I was working from home and then I was working at Lululemon, which is not your normal nine to five. I was leading a retail team, right? So I, I was doing a little bit of different stuff. Um, that was also exhausting. And so I had had like, here's the boring and then here's the actually like, I'm exhausted every day, even though I'm doing something that I really care about. I realized it was something that I really cared about 
that was my own passion. But doing it for someone else like sucked all my energy away. And I wasn't getting the things that made me feel secure either. Like I wasn't making enough money doing that. And I was like, all right, this was fun for a little bit. Like I, I got to kind of like go back to feeling more secure. And I thought about my priorities in life. I'm a big fan of not only goals, but also priorities. And I sat down with myself and I was like, what is going to make me feel the least amount of stress in my life right now so I can get back on the path that I was and figure out where I want to go with my life? And I sat down and I was like, dude, security and just like having a normal paycheck, just having a normal routine again, like it lowers my stress. And when my stress is lowered, I feel physically healthy. I can spend time filling up my cup the way I want to, right? So I literally went from like one extreme to the other. Like I'm bored. I'm going to go over here. I'm going to not be bored. And then I'm going to go back to kind of being bored. But I knew how to, again, like schedule my schedule in the way that it works for me. Um, And that was huge. I think that's a huge maturity piece that plays into the corporate world. And like, you can survive if you're like, okay, I'm here for the security right now. I like what I'm doing. Uh, I'm going to make the most of it. You know, I'm going to be proud of this paycheck that I'm bringing home every day, but I'm not going to let it run my life because I see it every day where people do not have the time management skills to understand how to schedule their time, let alone say no. Like they don't know how to say no to their boss. It's like, dude, if you want to go to a fitness class and that fills up your cup at 6 p.m. every night, tell that. To schedule it and tell that to your manager. It is not worth just letting the corporate world just eat you alive. So I, I think it's exactly that. It's exactly what you Because it does. It, it eats you alive. And that's yeah. what most people don't understand is five years of that, 10 years of that, 20 years of that leads to a heart attack, leads to yep. a stroke, leads to diabetes. Like The culture, I mean, it's, it's terrible. Like even going back to my last job, like, I mean, you're going to happy hours. We worked right downtown. We're going to happy hours. We have food all the time. The food is not healthy. Like, uh, it can definitely eat you alive. And you have to be really in touch with your core values. What are your priorities? What fills up your cup? Makes it a lot easier to say no. You know what I mean? So. What was one of your struggles of moving to a new city? Ooh. Cause like, it's not always all peaches and cream. And yeah. other than like, there was too many people to me. <laughs> Like, what were some of the struggles of, of moving somewhere new? Like, because for me, not only was it like a little bit overwhelming of mm-hmm. like how many people there were to meet, but you're in this new place. And of course, you want to like adventure all over the place yep. and, and meet the new people. But one of the things that I think I struggled with the most when I moved to Austin is kind of understanding who I was Mm -hmm. because when you come here and there's so many opportunities and you get lost in those opportunities, you start like becoming something that isn't necessarily what you wanted either. And that's where like coming from New York and the East coast, it wasn't really me either. And I was in search of like finding the real me, but then I think for myself, because it's like shiny object syndrome, right? Like there's so many shiny objects here. Um, and that was one of my biggest struggles was just like figuring out like who the hell I am. Yes. And now like, I think it's taken me a good three or four years of being here to like really get rooted in like, what's my routine? What do I like to do? You mentioned saying no, yeah. but for you, what were some of those struggles outside of like meeting people? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're very similar personalities. I would say exactly the same. Like I just got so far away from who I was so fast like I don't know how it happened like I feel like I woke up one day and all my savings was gone and like I just I don't know I just felt like where am I all of a sudden like how did I get here like 
a year and a half just flashed by. And so I, I agree with you. I think it was just like so much stimulation so quickly and coming from a small town, it's like you're not used to that. Also, I think that age of like 25, 26, like right when we moved here, like you kind of almost, I don't want to say it's like a midlife crisis, it's like a quarter life crisis where you're like, all of a sudden you're not in school and nobody's telling you what to do. And like, you have this whole life ahead of you. And so you don't know where to go. You're, you're like almost like somebody tell me what to do with my life, you know? And so I think it, it was exactly that. I think that was my biggest struggle. And it just, it just kind of spiraled. But again, like as you age, as you get older, like, I mean, you just turn 30, I'm about to turn 30. Like I think with the maturity just comes a little more clarity on like who you are. How do you design your days? Because you start to get a handle on, okay, nobody's telling me what to do. So like I am in control of this. How do I best set up my day to to best represent me and what I want to do and how to fill up my cup? And so many people just like go through the motions, live their life. Like if you have the the want and the drive to not be like that, like you'll start to figure it out, you know? And again, like as something tangible, because I always want to give like some sort of tangible advice for someone who's listening to this. Like I turned to what is my purpose? What are my core values? What are my goals? What are my priorities? And I just was trying to envision my life on like, okay, where do I see myself in five years? What do I really want? Like, I got to go ask for it. You know, there's none of this like glossing over things anymore. I don't want to be lost. I need to have some direction. Let me write it out on a piece of paper. Well, you know what the next question is going to be, right? <laughs> Probably of a hint, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are all those things for you? What yeah. does that look like right now? So like yeah. for me, it's one of those things that, I like to mind map. So I, my, I I map my life out like probably every six months, every year uh, for sure of like, where's my life going? Because every year you get yeah. new data yep. and you get new friends and you get new mentors yep. and you get read new books and courses and everything. So I will remap my life out and finding that purpose and those goals and really putting a process to achieving those. So mm-hmm. what does that look like for you right now? Yeah. Yeah. Now in this moment, um, I mean, this is such a interesting time of life. Like we just, it's been a year of COVID, all these things. And, um, you know, it's, it's been a rough year for a lot of people. However, like this was also a huge year to learn not only about yourself, but uh, about health and whatnot as well. And, um, you know, I, I would say like my goals, just like mind mapping, probably like I work on my goals constantly. I usually do. I, I like to like look back on my year that just happened, see how I lined up with what I wanted to do, my original goals. And then like, what do I want to look forward through like this next year? And I have typically like, okay, I'll look at one year of goals. I'll look at, um, you know, what happens in the next three years and then the next five years. And a lot of what this year was about for me, because I, I got back into the corporate world. I feel a little less lost. I have my routine, my stress is lowered. I feel more secure. I'm back in a better place financially. So it's like, I have the foundation built back up. Right. So now I can focus on, okay, like how do I better take care of myself and what do I want? What do I really want now? And a lot of it came down to health. We've talked about this, but like nutrients, you know, good food, water, uh, sunshine, movement, all these things, hormones for us ladies. Like I've really been investing a lot of time and money into that this year. And luckily I've had, I don't want to say like the time, but like, you know, working from home, I have a little more time. I'm not commuting. I'm not getting dressed for work. Like I'm not doing a lot of that. So I have had the extra time to really like dig into the research on that, but also like turning 30, like I want to have a family so bad. Like 
one of those things in my life that is kind of like a priority or a purpose or whatever is like I've always had this like want to be a mom and so I'm like okay how do I best represent myself to be the best version of a mom I can be so that when I find this person hopefully it can happen quickly because you know that's just another like daunting part of being a woman like we we don't know when our eggs are going to expire. Like we don't know if they're, yeah. they they work. We don't know if our partner is going to be for. We don't know. Um, and so I'm just trying to best position myself for that that moment to come because I want it so bad. And like now at this point too, I'm not afraid to say that. Right. Um, so it's like, how do I design my life to like set myself up to be that person? Um, yeah. I love that, and it comes back to your your focus on like core values and yes things like that because i i think very much in the same way um like like a lot of people will see what i do i post a lot on social media right and it's just they might attach what i'm doing to a business initiative or uh, i'm trying to get clout or whatever it is but at the end of the day what it truly is like my work ethic and what i'm trying to work towards is how do i be a better husband yeah how do i be a better father Mm -hmm. future father Mm -hmm. um it's it's setting myself up so when I get to that day, it's not like, oh shit, how am I gonna do this? It's more like, oh, I got this. Like I've been prepared. Yeah, it's prepare like for success, right? The the separation is the, the preparation the separation is in the preparation is is the quote that I always say to myself. And it's just like I'm I'm basically training for life and training for that. And stepping into yourself and saying, like, hey, you wanna be mom, it's like it, it pisses me off that that would that you would have to, especially in our mid twenties, hold off on that. Like I've always loved kids. I used to, my first, one of my first entrepreneurial hustles, I kid you not, was babysitting three little girls across the street. <laughs> I, I swear. I would save up like $400 a month. Yeah. I would babysit them like twice a week. I would tutor them. I would play Nintendo GameCube with them and you're do one their of homework. Them. <laughs> yeah, I was literally, kid, yeah. One, I was literally one of them, right? I was 13 years old, 12 years old, something like that. Yeah. And this is what showed me the payoff of consistent hard work because when I got to 16 and 17 years old and all my friends are working for $5 an hour at Burger King, they all asked me like, why don't you have a job? And I was like, I already have savings. Yeah. Like I'd already been mowing the lawn and snow and shoveling snow and babysitting those girls and tutoring uh, my neighbor. Shout out to Maddie. Hope you remember this. Um, but yeah, so like I would, I, that's what I was doing at 12, 13, 14, That's 15 still like years who you old. are though. Everything you said, that's who you are. Like you're doing all the same it's stuff. It's the same thing, yeah. right? So when I got into the corporate world, the boring thing really hit home with me because like I was bored that I had to do the same thing every day versus when I was younger like it was always three different sports and working on three different jobs and hanging out with three different friend friend groups and like the corporate world didn't give me that was like oh we're all going to the bar after work today and it was like the same people the same bad habits like day in and day out and and that's where like I'm happy that we're having this conversation because I don't think I've ever I don't think I've ever said these stories on, on the podcast, even though we're like 90 episodes in now, but like, (laughs) that's where my, my entrepreneurial kind of like fire started was boredom. Like I just, I can, I cannot be bored with life. Like it's just, that's where I see so many people. I think the fact that they don't know who they are really just stems from boredom. hundred percent. And when we're in a world that's so overstimulated, where there's something around the corner everywhere. Like if you're bored, you just pick your phone up and you don't even realize that you're bored. So you don't try to figure any internal thing out versus 
imagine like 20 years ago, there's no internet, there's no phones. And when you get bored, what would you do? Go play outside. Go outside, <laughs> read a book, mm-hmm. write in a journal. Peace. Think about deep <laughs> thoughts. Yeah. Like that shit doesn't happen anymore. No. What most people do is like, I'm bored. I'm going to go argue with somebody on Facebook. Oh, uh, it's literally the worst. <laughs> so that's like, so, why? so fucking low vibe, man. Like oh. I literally, I posted on Twitter today and you're going to, you're going to vibe with this. I literally post how astonishing it is. How many people just spend time complaining about a world problem on the internet rather than spending the cumulative time to actually go outside and like maybe make a solution for that. Like mm. I, these are the stupid questions. They're not stupid, but you get what I'm saying with this. Like yeah. these are the weird nerdy questions that I think to myself, like on average, if the average person who is complaining on social media were to actually go do something about it, what would our world look like? Right. Like what would the cumulative high high energy be from that? Like I can't even ima- like I and it, I literally can't even imagine because it's like I, I can't even see it because it doesn't exist. I mean, I have an idea, but like it would be amazing. So, to that point, what are some of the what are some of the nerdy weird type of questions that go through your mind? Yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs> um Oh, I always really like to know about people's trauma. That's that's a different one. But um, a lot of the nerdy stuff I like to go down, the, the pathways are, are definitely like health related, I feel like. Those are a lot of questions I've been asking myself lately. So you mentioned hormones, right? Yes. Okay. So yeah. like, what are you, what are you diving into now? Because like, I want to go to two-prong approach. You mentioned trauma and hormones. So we'll go down hormones first. Yeah. What are you like looking into and like, what have you been finding? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. Um, so shout out to Maddie Miles, who was just on your podcast not too long ago. Um, I've been chatting with her and then also um, our friend Savannah as well. Um, just about like overall how we feel as women, their relationship with birth control, uh, things of that nature. I've actually talked to a lot of our girlfriends about it. Nine out of 10 girls that I know are not on birth control anymore. And so I really wanted to dive into that realm. Chick Pro to me, like what it means to me is I I want to help empower women to to live their best lives, right? Like through these like real relatable conversations and leave a trail of something for not only my kids look back on and have resources on, but also like other kids, right? I want to, I want to leave some impact. So I'm attempting to document what I'm going through right now as far as like the hormone stuff as well. But what I'm doing is I, I realized like I was having this blah feeling still. Like I went backwards. I started with my food, my exercise, all the things I rebuilt from the ground up. I, I, I made sure my food was good quality, real food. I made sure I had good water, a couple supplements, you know, here and there. And then um, I really lowered the frequency of my workouts as well as like the stress of them. You know, high intensity stuff equals a lot of stress. So I needed to like backpedal. After doing all of that and taking a deep dive into that, I still realized I was feeling blah. The only thing I could think of after just talking to girls was they were like the the one thing that really clicked for me was, you know, the best thing I ever did for my life, which was getting off birth control. And um, I was like, dang, okay, like that's got to be it, right? I need to dig into that. So I started talking to Savannah. I started talking to Maddie um, and then found out that our friend at John, John over at MSW Lounge, shout out, love him so much. Um, he helps the, these girls, you know, girls like us, like figure out what's going on. 
Um, and so I went to talk to him the other day, actually, it's only been about two weeks, but he explained to me everything about like what's been going on in my body since I started taking birth control from the time I was 15. Right. So it's been almost yeah, it's 15 synthetic. years. I mean, he was ranting about this yesterday. It's so right. funny when you, you get in his face, like just like Albert Einstein, like in your face, like that's what I thought. Oh my God. Of. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, it's just synthetic hormones inside yeah. of you. And, and it's. it's like literally suppressing your good hormones as a girl and like imagine growing up like you're the age of 15 to now I'm almost 30 prime years of my womanhood right essentially I mean I think the 30 decades gonna be amazing <laughs> but whatever <laughs> that's another level um but yeah imagine like everything that makes you a girl and like you know you growing into yourself it's all been suppressed the two good hormones in your body are being suppressed your entire life of course you're gonna feel blah your system's not running correctly so, um, and it's, here's the interesting thing. And it's, it's a two pronged approach because most women you're on birth control, which is kind of like what I call stunting your, your life, right? Like it's stunting the color of your life. Like it's taking the it's color, a fog. Away, right? It's literally a fog. And then you, you add in uh, stress from work, poor diet, poor exercise, drinking, drinking, and then it becomes even hazier. And then you you flip that with you're looking at relationships, right? You flip that with males who, for whatever reason, feel like they can have control over women's bodies and whatever. I'm not going to get into the politics of it right. um, because I I can't speak to that because I've never given a shit what the woman does with her body. Like, Freedom it's of your choice. Body. Like, yeah, it's pretty simple. We live in a <laughs> free country, quote unquote, right. you should be able to do what you want. Yeah. Um, but then you have males who have stunted testosterone, which then force them to kind of, what I would say, have a foggy life. And mm -hmm. when a male has stunted testosterone, they are not the high vibe type of people that the women should be hanging around. So then it's just like, Blah. Low vibe, foggy women meet <laughs> low vibe, foggy men. All in the corporate 40 world. 40% <laughs> obesity, all in the corporate world. Sad diet. On, yeah. on Xanax, on antidepressants. Drinking on all the time. This, drinking all the time. And that's the, that's the world we are living in right now. That's literally and I the world. Didn't, I didn't want to bring males into the conversation because I want to downplay women. So I want, anybody listening, that's not why I did it. I wanted to bring it full circle into it starts with if women are like, hey, I'm getting off birth control for this reason and I'm looking into my hormones, hopefully that creates a ripple effect because a lot of times in the world, women are the drivers of the ship. Like I'm married, right? Like every decision I make, most of the time, I better run it through Erin because <laughs> she is the driver of the ship. And especially when you have kids, like the motherly, the matriarch, right? Yeah. Like you are driving a lot of, of the decisions. And also just from the from the world that I've seen, like guys like recluse a lot when it comes to this or not vulnerable. So I'm hoping that this new age where you're looking into hormones and a lot of women are looking into alternative methods um, for their hormones rather than just taking pills or yep. taking prescriptions will force a flip side effect for males to do the same thing. And then it reverses a lot of the problems that we are seeing. Right. And it's literally going to be like a catalyst to like the health industry for sure. Yeah. I mean, all of our friends are super down and into that and trying to get the word out. And I mean, it's something I am so passionate about because I'm, it's like women's health, anything in, in 
support of just like alpha women, like thriving, like I'm just, I'm so here for, and I get so passionate about. So now that I know all this information, I'm like, I just want to scream to the world. Like, no, don't do it. But of course, like do what you want to do. Like it's your body, it's your life. But like, yeah. The biggest thing that fucking, I'm so, it it infuriates me and it makes me not be able to talk just like right now. Um, (laughs) I can say (laughs) It's like, no one even questions it. No like, one questions like, it. No I've questions never it. liked pills. So I'm like, I'm a guy. I don't have a menstrual cycle. It's like, I, if someone were to give me a pill or something, like I'd be like, why? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Even like when I would get surgeries, the only time I've taken pain meds is like when I had my appendix taken out, yeah. which was like, I took a pain meds for a couple days and then didn't even finish the bottle. And then I had throat surgery. And it was just like, I couldn't even... Like it was really bad pain. So it's like I couldn't function unless I like took something. Right. So here's the other thing I think about when you're when women are so conditioned to take pills since they're 13, 14, 15 years old, they then associate every time I have a problem to then take a pill. Mm-hmm. From such a young age, it's just ingrained. It's, it's ingrained. like such a problem. And it's, I was, I mean, it's such a hard mindset to flip because instead, so you imagine you're a 15 year old girl, you're in high school, your hormones are raging, you're trying to make out boys, girls, you want to do whatever you want to do. Like you're trying to do that. And <laughs> people are like, okay, so if you're going to be sexually active, instead of teaching you about your body, yeah. we're just going to give you something to just suppress all of that. So don't actually be like yourself. We're just, no, 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 that doesn't exist. It's an issue we're just going to shove under the rug. And uh, <laughs> it's like, can we just instead we'll flip the script and like teach women how to understand their body? Because once you understand your body, the, the actual like probability of you getting pregnant is comes down to like two or three days of the month, right? And so you just be careful and stuff. And same thing with, with men. It's just like we should be taught about our bodies to be able to like live our best lives rather than like just be suppressed and given something. And so I was having a conversation with my friend the other day too about like what I had learned and I was so excited to have been like, okay, you know, this fog, this blah feeling that I've been having has been finally someone understands and has given me a reason to be like, okay, it's, it's a valid feeling. He's validated my blah feeling. Everyone else looks at me like I'm crazy, right? But I was talking to my friend about it and I was telling her and she's like, she's not on birth control right now. She's thinking about going back on and she was like, well, you know, I'll go back on because I don't have any physical symptoms. And I was like, yeah, physical symptoms. Doesn't mean that you don't have symptoms on the inside. Like, is your body, is your machine running okay? Like, you're not going to know unless you go to someone who can help you and look at you and be like, here's where we can pinpoint exactly how to make you feel the best you've ever felt. And that person is, is John and like has helped me so much just in that realm. And I was giggling with our friend Joe Lindley about it last night literally like he was so interested in it but I was just non-stop giggling and I was like I feel amazing I just want to yell to the world that I feel amazing and it's because of a few supplements that I've been taking from John and I'm detoxing my liver and I'm getting my adrenals back on point I'm servicing my car and like life is starting to be clear again. Like it's a beautiful thing. And he was like, wow, I can't even like relate to that, you know? And I was like, that's because like, probably you're functioning well. Like, you know, you're, you're already vibing at that frequency. You're vibing up here already. Like, it's not like you have been under a fog your whole life. So, you know, you might not need the same things that I've needed, but all of a sudden I've been functioning, you know, down here and um, way up here. And it's crazy because we were, you and I relate 
because you're even with, through it, you're super high vibe. Right. But you're fighting like what I call, it's called a governor. Like, so on a car, like they'll have in, in certain sports cars, they'll have a governor where it can't go over a certain amount, uh, a certain speed, mm -hmm. even though physically it could, like the engine's built to go 250 miles an hour, but they put a governor on it. doesn't go over 150. Right. So I can relate from the side of fogginess because like, with me, like autoimmune problems, right. I would drink, I would have wheat, I would have dairy, I would have all these things that like I didn't know were basically my fog. But like mm -hmm. what it does is it creates this pain tolerance in you to, to the fog and you're like, you're fighting through the fog every single day. It's just like, I have this innate And you don't know the feeling of what it's like. And you don't know what it's yeah. like to just not even have the fog there. Right. So you're just thinking clearly and seeing things clearly and just feeling and showing up as, as your best self. So it's, yes. it's really interesting and cool to see. And I'm super happy for you. Thank um, you. Yeah. And it's one of those things, one of the reasons I love bringing so many women on here is because I think a lot of the problem is just having this society where both parties don't understand right. like the average male like i'm i wouldn't consider myself the average male in terms of like understanding a woman right because i care enough to understand a woman right but like most guys are like yeah bro let's go get drunk and and go play golf and then i have my other half mm -hmm. and that's really like they just have an other half to them rather than a whole and the big thing that we need to start again working towards is one, if you make every person whole, so like mm -hmm. now I consider you whole, you're way more likely when you get in a relationship to make sure that other guy is whole. Because if he ain't whole, he ain't going to be with you. Mm -hmm. But we have all these halves running around, so they just accept other half yep. because there's nothing really to show up for at that point and really drive like, hey, how do you feel? That's never really – why aren't we asking that to 13-year-olds, 14-year-olds, 15-year-olds, 16-year-olds? How do you feel? I mean, we're going to start We're gonna start doing that. I know I know that, like, our friend group will. That's, like, all we want to do is just, like, help, you know, the next generation because – and thank God, like, social media has good pros and its cons, but, like, the one major pro is, like, we all get to tell our own story. Same with, like, this podcast. We all get to, like, be empowered to tell our own story now and – it's so much nicer because we get to relate and we're not trying to sell anything right now. So we can have this open, honest conversation and no one's trying to sell us a pill. You know what I mean? Like we can literally just talk about our experience and the more people talk about their experience, this is, I just love, I love connecting so much. The more people start to relate and they're like, oh wow, just like me talking to Maddie and, and, um, Savannah and Jerrica and anybody else I know who's, um, you know, doing their own hormones. And, it gives, stuff, and it's it's great because like Aaron needs to hear this episode because like she hasn't been on the pill our entire relationship. Yeah, so like amazing. we've been looking at this stuff for for years. Um and like again it, it stemmed from both of us connected on the whole like we want to be all natural. We yeah. want like to put the best things in our bodies. But what caused that was like her dad died and like right. he had a heart attack. And then it's just like okay, well if a shredded guy can die of a heart attack. Like, okay, something's up. Like, something's we need to be, happening. Like, looking into stuff, and then in my end of the family, like colon cancer kills someone before forty. Like, mm -hmm. holy shit, I'm thirty. Like, ten years. Like, what? Like, I don't want to leave my kids fatherless. So, like, yeah. looking into all these things. But the average person, again, and the reason I'm bringing this stories, those stories up, is because your friend said you're not showing symptoms, mm -hmm. right? Well, this is what I would say to her: is when you smoke cigarettes, you don't have symptoms. Then what happens? Lung uh, cancer. Such a good like come on like come on where is the common sense like what yep. but again to to that We're point brainwashed. It's, it's she has been brainwashed in the education system yeah. literally and this is why i'm super passionate about the education system yep. is when you 
it, literally everything is we take a test, we study for a week, then we forget. Then yep. they brainwash us into, oh, you need to know this other new information. Study for that, take the test, forget all the information. Rather than understanding the core principles of life. Yep. Find your purpose, focus on your health, surround yourself with a good community, and ultimately you're probably going to live you're a better gonna life. going to live a better life. That's just ultimately and what it like, is. All of that also equals clarity. And you know what comes easier from clarity is your purpose. It's just like, it's like amazing how everything will start to click. And so I really do hope that like more women, more men like do start to dig into just all of these things that we're talking about and, and start to level up because it's, I mean, like going back, like imagine that world. It's going to be a beautiful world. We're going to get there. We're all relating. We're all talking about things like it's happening slowly, but surely. And like, whether or not we think we're making an impact, like we're doing these little things every day. It's me posting on Instagram. It's you having this podcast and each one of those little stories, maybe it only hits one person, but you know, it's this it's going back to the ripple effect. Like it'll get out there and, and hopefully like people just start to thrive because that's all I want for the world. That's all you want for the world. Like we'll get there. Yeah. It's, it, there's always room for improvement. Yeah. Like absolutely. And even beyond like the years that we're going to be on this earth, there's always going to be room for improvement, but we're getting close to wrapping up. Yeah. And I did want to enter one last, like kind of like three to five minute discussion around, cause we were talking about this before alcohol and where that plays into, uh, kind of that fog. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I've seen you kind of be vocal about recently. Um, and it's something that I've been posting a little bit about, um, and I think we we kind of vibe on that same wavelength with it. But I'd love to kind of just ask you, like, what was your previous relationship with alcohol and everything that was going on with your life? And kind of like, how are you seeing it today? Yeah. So the major mindset shift for me and my relationship was out with alcohol started when the COVID lockdown hit. I had a great excuse to not drink. And so I took a hard look at that. But my previous uh, relationship was it's social. I learned, you know, parting from college. Like it was just like a habit that didn't stop. And it slowly started to creep up where like the cons started to outweigh the pros and I just couldn't function like that anymore. I was getting bad anxiety from when I would be so hungover and it just like, I didn't have a problem. I would drink one day a week, but I would go so hard one day a week that then like, you know, let's say I drank on Saturday, just blacked out Sunday. I'm in bed all day. I'm having anxiety about trying to set up my week and it's like a halt in my momentum. So once COVID hit, I got to take a, a good hard look at that because I was paused and I was almost forced to look at it. And I've slowly kind of become more and more like sober-ish. Uh, but really my my mindset has quickly flipped into, okay, like if I want to have, I can still enjoy alcohol. I can still do it. I do enjoy tequila, wine. I love a White Claw, you know? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it just, it, it started to form in 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 the fact of like, okay, this isn't getting me any, anywhere towards my priorities. And I, again, like it still was like, okay, the, the cons are weighing the pros, but um, my, my mindset now is I can have a beverage with dinner, going out here and there, one or two, and that is worth more to me than getting blacked out drunk because A, it doesn't halt my momentum and B, it doesn't give me super bad anxiety. And also like I enjoy myself so much more when I'm present and sober and having an intentional conversation with someone rather than being blacked out on the dance floor. And I can still get down on the dance floor. I don't need alcohol for that. Um, so that's been, been super helpful. Um, but also like we are lucky, like we do have a really good group of friends that really supports that. 
Um, and it's made it easier to, you know, say no to other people and, and feel supported. And, and I hope that people do find that. And I, I think like the one thing that I hope for the world is that I want the mindset to change of like, when you walk into, I walked to the pool, I'll just use this example. I walked to the pool yesterday. I went to lay out yesterday was St. Patrick's day. There was four guys laying by the pool all super drunk, clearly had been drinking there all day. There's me walking along. I'm doing my liver detox to help with my hormones. I'm like in a little sober cloud. I'm all happy, like, la la la. And, uh, you know, I sit down and they're like, hey, like, do you want a beer? Like, we insist. And I was like, no, I'm good. Y'all have fun though. And they were like, no, we insist. And I was like, no, I insist. No, I'm good. And so like in that moment, I thought about all of my friends and how much I love everything that we're doing. So it was easier to say no because I have purpose, because I have these priorities in mind. And so I don't have to, it doesn't come down to self-confidence anymore. I don't have to be social. I know who I am. And I know what I stand for. And so I can literally look at that person and be like, bro, I'm good. Like, I don't need your alcohol, <laughs> you know? And I think like, you're the same too. Like your your relationship has totally changed. And, and we're, we were saying before, like we're not against alcohol by any means like there's a time and a place and and uh yeah i think we fall it, but... into a weird kind of like parallel universe mm -hmm. a little bit because i i haven't really been vocal about it that much i mean i post every once in a while but i've only had two drinks this year and one was at it's amazing joe rogan and dave chappelle and then um one was a champagne toast for raising ten thousand dollars so it was I really challenged myself this year coming into this year to really make drinking more of a celebratory thing. Yes. And choosing like, like really thinking like, what am I celebrating? Like I shouldn't need like, cause me that, that was what I was doing. Like every week it was like me blowing off steam and me like just adding fuel to my fire. Like, because if, you, if you, if you give me alcohol, it wasn't about suppressing feelings. It was about, so I could go harder. Yep. Right. But that also took from the next day Yep. and then stealing happiness from tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and when, when I started getting into, okay, like I want to have a cumulative better seven days than like one really high vibe day and then a yes. couple like eh days and then like some recovery days. Like I want seven days to cumulatively be great. How do I achieve that? And that's when, when I put out a map and I'm like, if I want seven cumulative days a week and like the way that I think is like a great life is just predicated on a great day Yep. because the more great days you have, you're just going to ultimately cumulative, have a great day. Yeah. So I'm like, Absolutely. if I, if I were to think about how do I have a great day, alcohol never comes into my mind. And as soon as I thought about that, I was just like, then why am I doing this in the first place? And yes. one of the greatest tests for me, and I, I loved it, is like, I went to Vegas in October. And this is what got really got my mind spinning. I was like, I went to Vegas and I think I had like maybe three drinks the whole trip Damn. in Vegas. It's where impressive. like <laughs> we had free alcohol and like you're in bought like because you're in casinos and stuff. You can have free drinks, you can do yeah, whatever. You're literally drunk and the like, entire time. Yeah. And <laughs> I only had three and I started like and it wasn't, I didn't try. Like, I wasn't like, I'm going to Vegas and not drinking or I'm going to Vegas and drinking. I just like, was like, nah, I'm good. Like yeah. I had my, I, I was looking for more smoothie shops and coffee shops than I was for like alcohol. And I started really diving deeper into like my psyche and like, like why, why is that? Yeah. And I thought about doing a sober year this year, but then I was just like, I have three weddings. I mean, I have three bachelor parties and four weddings. Oof. So that means like four bachelor parties potentially, but there's three already planned that I know I'm going to. So it was just like, I think it's a better challenge for me to go to a bachelor party and say, you know what, I'm going to enjoy a couple of drinks rather than like going 
super hard or being like super, no, I'm not yeah. doing it. Yes. I think it takes more discipline to say, you know what, I'm going to have one or two and really enjoy myself and let loose and have fun, but I'm not going to stress myself out over not drinking yes. or over drinking a ton. There's so much ROI in that. Like you get to live life and still enjoy it. And like you, you don't halt your momentum. And for me, exactly. And then for me, like for anybody else out there that's thinking about going soberish, for me, like I'm an entrepreneur. Maybe one day I come up with a, an a, an alcoholic beverage for like the experiences that I like to throw. That does add to the vibe. Like they have hard kombuchas now. Aaron, my wife, loves them. I love them. And you have one or two, you get a nice buzz, and you don't you don't really feel hungover the next day. No. Like they're not, they're not that bad. And then just lower drink some, sugar. Uh, electrolytes. Um, yeah, drink, yeah. And it's just like, but I, and also like, I want to travel the world. So if I'm going to go to Asia, like I want to try their sake, like straight from Asia. And if I yep. go to uh, like Italy, I want to try their wine and I don't want to be like, oh, like, no, I can't have it. Right. Because that creates more stress. Um, and we could talk about this for days, but the reason I, I wanted to really end on this and, and bring it up um, is because it was something that we were chatting about before the podcast. And I think, yeah, honestly, definitely. a lot of people need to hear it because I think, especially outside of Austin, like you mentioned, like people here are progressive and whether you drink or don't drink, like nobody gives, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Yeah. Um, but like on the East Coast where I'm from, it's just like if you don't drink, like that's weird. Um, Part of the culture. Compared to if you get fucked up all the time, like nobody bats an eye at that. So right. it's like a weird thing. Um, but and I want It's okay to be sober ish. Exactly. I just want to like get that out there. Like you can be sober ish. And that's what I would say is like we are at this point. We're not heavily drinking. We're not totally sober. Like we are sober ish. And we just understand that we are not feeding the demons and we don't want to halt our momentum. And that is a beautiful thing. Yeah. And I think to end, it, it stems from you really taking ownership over. Your hormones, your lifestyle, yeah, what you're putting in your body, and when people really do that, and when you empower yourself to do that, you show up as you do today, where you're just like, I feel fucking feel amazing, amazing. So to the world, <laughs> it's been such a pleasure to have you on a podcast. I could yes. literally sit here and talk to you for two more hours, um, but unfortunately, I'm not at the capacity to have a three-hour-long <laughs> podcast just yet. Stay just tuned yet. for the next uh, decade where I do have. <laughs> The potential to probably do that. You will. Um, it, it'll happen. But I would love for you to connect with the people that you want to connect with. So if there's somebody else out there that has been listening to this episode, who are the type of people that you're really vibing with? So if someone yeah. right now is thinking and they listen to this whole podcast, who should connect with you? Yeah. So my main priority uh, is, is girls who are in the fitnessy world or maybe even not, you know, you don't have to be in the fitnessy world, but you have that kind of like athletic background. You're into fitness somehow. You're, you're into moving. It doesn't matter what the movement is, but just real girls who want to have conversations and just better their lives. Um, that's who I'm here to, to be in support of, you know, I'm not trying to make any money off of anything I'm doing with, uh, you know, you can go to my chick bro account, um, chickbro.chelsea on Instagram. But I'm just trying to have conversations with girls and just like let the knowledge be abundant for us all so we all can can thrive. But anybody, anybody who's down to have conversations about about this stuff and just doing what you can to optimize your your life, your health, like let's do it. I'm so down. <laughs> I love that. And please reach out to her. She, please. Like she's going to give you such a good feeling even if it's through the virtual we world. We could just, you know, laugh um, too. We could yeah. just vibe. Yeah. Hell Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm all about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yes, reach her at chickbro.chelsea. Is there any other ways that people should reach out to you? Honestly, that that's the main one right now. Yeah, chickbro.chelsea. Um, yeah, honestly, that's where I am. So just go there. Awesome. And the last question, which I ask everybody, is what does thriving mean to you? Hell yeah. I was ready for this one. I was <laughs> so excited to answer this. Uh, two-pronged approach. Um, first of all, the person who can say no, like that person will start to thrive. And it is so hard to say no. But once you figure it out and you start doing it more, it's just like, you know, you're just podcasting more and more. You're figuring it out. Um, the more you start to say no, the better your life will be. Um, so I think that helps thriving. And then second of all, from that and all the clarity you will you will achieve in life, you know, once you can peel back some layers and and dig into some corners of, of you know, what you need to really like help increase your frequency. Um, I think if you can peel back the the onion layers and, and really be your full authentic self, like you will thrive just from that and, and look for those people who will really encourage that because once you have that, all will be right in the world. So just be your authentic self, man. Just, just be you. People like that. That's awesome. And <laughs> I've never had anybody actually answer that in like a two, two part where you kind of alluded to like how somebody could get in that thriving mindset. So I really like that. And I'm a huge on environment and changing your environment to huge. be in a place where you have the opportunity to thrive more. Yep. Um, because that environment is a lot of times it's in most people's control yep. um, in today's world and they don't take advantage of that enough. But I always end every episode with kind of like my biggest takeaway. And I, I want to stem back to that whole you were in the corporate world and then you were bored, but then you kind of figured yourself out and you're kind of bouncing back and forth. And yeah. it's one of those things that I try to inspire people to do is just like, you don't know until you know. Yep. And you got to try, you got to learn by doing. Exactly. So you're the epitome of just like bouncing around and trying different things and meeting different people and living in different cities. And that's kind of like how you found yourself. And yep. if there's something out, if there's someone out there listening right now and you're feeling stuck, man, just try random shit. Like go meet random people, go hit people up on, on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever. Like follow your if, gut, you know? If, yeah. yeah. Whatever feels right, do it. <laughs> if you see something interesting, tell someone about it, yep. connect with them. Yes. You have absolutely nothing to lose because nothing. that's kind of how I ended up here in Austin. I have an amazing friends now like Chelsea and I'm really looking forward to dropping this episode. Yeah. <laughs> potentially having you on in the years to come as Please you continue do. to throw out your vibe. So this is CJ Finley with the Thrive on Life podcast. I am so grateful for all of you. Please connect with us. We would love to chat. Thrive on y'all. Thrive on. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive on Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive on Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.